0: K Talk YA now presents War Storm Part 1 from the Red Queen series by Victoria Aviart. In the front of the book. Because it really does look like America.
1: Have we even heard of this place? Uh,
0: Tiraxis? Yeah. <laughs> nope. Okay. I'm guessing that's Texas. Though. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Isn't that funny? <laughs> I was trying to think of like the where The Floridian
1: I Islands. So this must be where Florida used to be. Savannah. So that must have been Savannah.
0: Oh, where are you seeing this? Oh, 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 oh. Oh, that's Piedmont. Okay, so Piedmont's the south.
1: Okay. Taraxis is the So you must wild be Lakelands, right? Because Lake Miskin, I think, was Michigan. Great, right?
0: Yes. The Lakeland yeah, that's like Michigan. I think oh, do you think this is the Mississippi?
1: It's gotta be, right?
0: So I live Or is it the Great River, the other side of it? Oh oh I bet it's the Great River. So where do I live? Right I now? live in the Lakelands. Yeah. Sure oh. right by Lake Michigan. But I used to live in Norda when I lived in Pittsburgh. I lived right by Pitara. And I just
1: moved from Piedmont to.
0: Mm. <laughs> it doesn't go very <laughs> far. Oh, wait, is this? Wait. <laughs> Why haven't we learned anything about the prairie or Taraxis or. At least
1: the prairie, we like know it's out there, even though we don't deal with it at all.
0: Yeah, but this is Montfort over here. Yeah.
1: So, wait, we... But we haven't even heard mention of Taraxis. Nope. Okay, we should talk about this We just jumped.
0: Actually, I'm recording already. Oh, you are?
1: Perfect. <laughs> I didn't even realize that. Cool. Yeah. So, but I was trying to find, okay, so Delphi, the cities they were talking about, Delphi and Harbor Bay they were talking about, but I wanted to know like where, I wanted like a zoomed in map of Norda because we've talked about it so much and it's like hard for me to remember.
0: Oh, I like how they have the Allegiant River and it's kind of close to the Allegheny.
1: I like how I don't know anything about the world. I just didn't expect it to be America. The Painted Gates. It was just when I saw, because I think, I must have had a map in a different one, because I agree, when I was imagining it, I didn't think it was America, but I saw something that made the Lakelands look like the Great Lakes.
0: What happened?
1: What happened to make the... What is this little square between Piedmont and Norda? Is that Mm. the place that House Samos took the rift? Yeah. Is that the rift? Uh, so I thought the rift was north.
0: Maybe... This map's not very helpful.
1: I'm probably... I'm probably in Montfort, right? Or further... Whatever's further west of there.
0: Well, is it Arizona west of Texas?
1: Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Because I drove through Texas a week ago. I've slept in 10 different places in the last 15 days. Oh, <laughs> Isn't that crazy? How are you still functioning? <laughs> I don't know. This could be an interesting recording.
0: Well, I have a confession to make. I read the majority of this first half
1: while lying on a beach drunk. So, <laughs> Love it. I don't know how much I'll retain either. I read the majority of it on a train with a screaming kid behind me. So oh, shit. I we'll win. see. <laughs> <So I win. laughs>
0: Alright, should we get started?
1: Yeah, let's do it.
0: All right. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of M&K Talk YA. I'm Katie Bradford. And I'm Marissa Snyder.
1: And this week, we're recording in person. Woo! We're, we're sitting next to each other. It's so weird. <laughs> I mean, I love it,
0: but it's so weird.
1: I, like, don't really know where to look, because I feel like I need to look at the microphone and the computer like normal, <laughs> or my phone, where you're usually talking to me, but...
0: I'm going to look at the computer because (laughs) we have um, technical issues. We have technical issues, and we need to keep an eye on Audacity at all times. (laughs) But it is really nice to be talking in person. It
1: is. It's so good. It's been a long time since we've even seen each other.
0: I know. The last time we recorded in person, and that was, I think that was the last time we saw each other, was when we recorded um, The Rose Society.
1: Yeah. By Marie Lou. May of last year. Oh.
0: We need to not make that happen. (laughs) We've both been very busy, and actually we're here because this weekend is Katie's
1: bridal shower. Yeah, I'm so so excited to be back for it. I'm excited it was in Chicago. I know. Yeah, I have a lot of family here, so it was nice of my aunts to throw me a party out here.
0: I'm excited. And she managed to find an hour to record in person, (laughs) which is really nice of
1: her. (laughs) I came in a day early in order to do this in part, so...
0: Uh, that's how much you all mean to us. Oh wait, I didn't even, you haven't commented on my shirt. When in doubt, go to the library. <laughs> I was like, oh no, how is this going to end? <laughs> I should have worn the book shirt you gave me. Oh, yeah. My weekend is already booked. That was a good one too. <laughs> okay.
1: Well, anyways, speaking of books, we are reading the fourth book in the Red Queen series by Victoria Aveyard. It's called War Storm. And we read up to chapter 19 this week.
0: Now I do have to look at my phone because this is where I keep all my notes.
1: (laughs) I have notes on mine too, if I have them at all. But um, yeah, so this book, we got three perspectives. Again, multiple perspectives. But we didn't get Cameron, and I kind of missed her.
0: I absolutely miss Cameron.
1: And I got really nervous that she did not survive because we hadn't heard from her at all. So I was really glad to at least see her in that final chapter before... The half. Oh, for sure. But we saw Evangeline, obviously, Iris, the Queen of Norta, and Good Old Mayor.
0: Good old Mare. <laughs> good old little
1: lightning girl. All people who've been engaged to the same <laughs> man <laughs> <So> <laughs> at different meagered. points in their time. <laughs>
0: so which is your favorite perspective to read?
1: Um, I like them all for different reasons. Part of my favorite thing is to interact with Maven, though. So, like, Mm -hmm. right now I'm liking Iris because she's there. But I think, you know, I mean, Mare, I'm very tied to how her story turns out. But Evangeline's kind of the most fun, I think. Because she's just gone through an interesting transition and still had a lot of the snark and is not really tied to anyone else like I sort of get what Iris is doing I sort of get what Mara is doing but Evangeline's kind of out for herself and mm-hmm. trying to figure out what that means so she's kind of the most fun I think.
0: She's also grown the most I think. Yeah. Like out of all of them I think her from where she was in Red Queen to where she is now like we know so much more about her we have like a new level of sympathy for her um, her problems are a lot more complex than we thought and so I think all around that makes her a better character.
1: Yeah. And she's, yeah, she's open to having her perspective changed where I think a lot of people are so stubborn in this book. And mm-hmm. even even being focused on revenge or whatever, I feel like, yes, she wants to protect her brother, but she's been able to let go of a lot of her grudges and I agree. I think she's grown a lot.
0: I think yeah. Iris is my favorite perspective because I... Because of Maven? Because <clears throat> of Maven. Yeah. But also like, I don't know, I just like how she's trying to play her own game and she's super cunning, too. And she's, like, trying to do all these secret alliances. And and she's also, like, she's in the middle of a battle with a madman. Like, what is going to happen? Like, he's Maven's so unpredictable. I'm like, I want her to beat him, but I'm also scared for her at the same time.
1: Well, it's interesting because she's all alone in a much different way than even Mare was when she was in Maven's mm-hmm. captivity because technically she's a queen – but she said it multiple times. Even the people who are there to protect her are would kill her in a minute. Mm-hmm. And she's sort of playing with fire, literally. And um, yeah, no, I agree. I also think we have a lot of questions about her. Like, it's I think her faith is interesting, especially given how it's a stark contrast to all the other characters mm-hmm. in this book.
0: Oh, I loved her faith. Mm-hmm. I wrote that down because I liked how they talk about the afterlife, or or whenever they. First, they talk about how they bury their people. So, like, you return to what you are, yeah. like, your power. So, like, nymphs get buried in water, and, like, the fire people are burned when yep. they
1: die. And, like, groundskeepers are buried yeah. more traditionally. Yeah, I thought that was cool. Although, I was actually trying to think about, because some of the powers... Like, what if you were a Gravitron or, like, I'm just kind of curious what the... <laughs> just be Like, because some of space. them made sense. <laughs> like, those three made sense. And I thought it was really interesting, too. But I was kind of curious how all of them played out. Or, let's, like...
0: Let's think about what they would be. If you're
1: Evangeline's mom, like, do you get eaten by panthers when yeah, you're dead? Okay. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> Fed to the animals
0: consume your remains. <laughs> oh, what about... Okay. I like Gravitons being shot into space.
1: Yeah, I like that, too. But do we have that technology?
0: I think we have subways. <laughs> 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 what about um what about whispers
1: Ooh, they oh they I get have, what no ahead, I was ahead. gonna say they get put into I don't know I, don't I know, was gonna either.
0: say they get donated to science because then they like influence people
1: that would be kind of scary what if they I mean that makes sense or what about a silencer what do they do do they just get put in a tomb of silence stone Ooh. You see what I mean? It was yeah. like an interesting idea, but it, or, yeah, the or even walls. Okay, I like that. Silent stone walls. What about Mayor? Well, then I sort of forgave them for the New Bloods' <laughs> powers maybe not being part of their okay, religion that's true, because that's true. I don't think they knew or at least accepted New Bloods. But but I was kind of curious. Like, do Reds are they also religious in this area at all, or is mm. it like a Silver only thing, or is it her family? Only? Like, I was kind of I kind of wanted to know more about. The role the, of faith in the Lakelands.
0: I agree because even they have they talk a little bit about the afterlife. Because mm-hmm. um, Iris was saying when Maven dies, he'll be drowned for all eternity because mm-hmm. it's like the opposite of what you are is what torments you in the afterlife. So like Maven's a fireworker, so he would be drowned. I like that. that I was actually trying to look up um, like stories of the afterlife, like different beliefs, but yeah. I couldn't really find any good ones. Yeah. Well, it was
1: interesting because. Yeah, I mean, we saw with Cal that he was so scared of water. And mm-hmm. you've seen, I think Cal and Maven, but at least Cal who's just more open with his emotions and reactions. <laughs> I mean, like, water is their worst nightmare, yeah. right? And so I actually looked into a little bit of water versus fire. Like, which one's actually worse? Because oh, you know yeah, how she kept okay. saying she was going to, like, drown the whole country yeah. and get her revenge that way so or whatever. So like which one's more destructive, fire or water? So I looked into both of those things. Okay. First, I think I just looked into how bad is fire because you also have you you know how some fires you're not supposed to put water on
0: oh yeah like like grease fires yeah like we you know in this kitchen oh yeah <laughs> like, i, I forgot about that. <laughs> um is it be, i think it's isn't it always because like if you put water on it it combusts and like explodes or the fire spreads
1: yeah because the grease is lighter than water so it floats to the top of the water and keeps burning mm-hmm. and the water can make it move or splash out of something like it can like oh, ride on the water okay. kind of thing so it's not going to actually put it out yeah. so um first of all how many minutes do you think you have to get out alive in a house fire
0: oh shit um <clears throat> this used to be like one of my ch- biggest childhood anxiety triggers oh house no fire, like, really gonna, because you... We had those, did you ever have those scary um assemblies where they would turn off all, they would get at all the kids in the in the room, like the assembly hall. They'd turn off all the lights, and they would send firemen down the hallways. Like no, down the, this is what they did in my school. They they turn off all the lights, and we are in our auditorium, and then they sent firefighters crawling down the aisles. Like in every aisle, there were all these firefighters, and all you could hear was like.
1: I guess that's smart, so that yeah. you do like it's not so shocking. In the moment,
0: it was meant to be like, if you hear this, run towards them and like uh-huh. grab onto the firefighter. But let me tell you the nightmares <laughs> that that um, resulted in. <laughs> do
1: you still dream about that to this birth. day?
0: Yeah, I just. Ooh. Okay, let me guess. How many seconds do you have to get out of a house fire? Like we're talking. How many delays. minutes? Mm-hmm. Oh, minutes.
1: Well, yeah, just in general, it just says if your when house you is on fire, fire, how many minutes do you think you have to get out alive? Three. So you're smarter than 80% of Americans who said 5 or 10 minutes. But um, yeah, you have 3 minutes or less. So a lot of people tend to underestimate how quickly fire and smoke can A, hurt you and B, spread. Um, But they said 30 years ago, you would have up to 17 minutes to escape a fire. Why? So today, homes are burning faster and it Mm -hmm. has to do with open floor plans. So... Um, open floor plans mean there's more oxygen and there's fewer barriers for the to like slow mm, a fire mm-hmm. down and there's a lot more synthetic building materials and, and whatnot that burn at a faster rate than natural products that we used in previous decades did so it's kind of crazy to think that like and that was just 30 years ago so like probably what our parents were told is yeah, different than what just, we know right. today
0: well I was just thinking about how long a minute actually is and like if your house is on fire, I want to assume you were just like grabbing the kids, grab the dog, run outside.
1: Seven Americans die every day in house oh fires. Oh my god,
0: every day.
1: Yeah, and a lot of them. So, kind of to your point, what would you do in a fire? Um, a lot of people will try to put it out before they try to escape because mm. you're a lot of people's natural instinct is to Excited. stop it or prevent, or you know, um, especially depending on how big it is. But they say that's actually going to waste a lot of valuable time. So you should only. Stop to use a fire extinguisher if you know how to use an extinguisher. So nope. a lot of people have them and don't nope. even know how to use them. Um, if you can put it out in five seconds or less. So if it's mm. like a relatively small fire, go mm-hmm. ahead and do it. Even if you could put it out, if you have a small extinguisher and it's going to take a while, you're going to burn. It's gonna, the house is going to burn faster than you can put it out. And then kind of to the point we were saying before, you need to have the right type of extinguisher for the type of fire. <clears throat> and they say you should also only do it if you have at least two ways to exit the area quickly if you fail. So, fire's double in size every minute, and oh, a lot of people died just trying to actually put the fire out. So, really, your priority should be survive the fire, not put the fire out. Even things like grabbing the photo albums or something, they oh, say no, you shouldn't do. You like, hear- I guess your kids, you should maybe of grab course. but...
0: <laughs> I just have banjo, so we'll be extra quick. Yeah. Do you want to hear a funny story? Yes. <laughs> so, this is not this wasn't an actual fire that happened, but my cousin... When she was, like, five and um, her little sister was, like, two, um, their dad was putting up a train, like, under the Christmas tree, Mm -hmm. and my cousin has, like, a very vivid imagination, especially when she was five, and you know how trains, like, um, they spark? Uh Uh-huh. So he was setting up the train, and, and he started running it, and it sparked, and my cousin saw the spark, and she flipped out, and she ran upstairs to where her mom was, and she goes mom mom the train exploded daddy and jessica are on fire we have to go and mom was just like oh my god what but like that was her reaction when she saw a little spark she was like dad and jessica are on fire
1: i don't even have time to stick around and see if they're on fire or help i need to go let mom know that this is the situation and then she
0: was like but don't
1: worry because i'm okay <laughs> That seems like a very reluctant thing to do, though. <laughs> yeah, that, that's that definitely a your priority a Like, your concern and your priority mm-hmm. of, yeah. So that's funny. So, yeah, so I kind of looked into when, you sh- when water helps with a fire and when water doesn't help with a fire. Okay, so in some cases, water will feed a fire. In some cases, it'll quench a fire. And in some cases, it basically does nothing. And the biggest thing that will affect that is the type of fuel you use. So fire is heat. Fuel and oxygen. And if you get rid of it needs all three of those things basically. So if you get rid of one of them, you've solved your issue. Fuel fuel. Something to burn and oxygen. and oxygen. So if you have burning solids, so think paper, wood, coal, you know, kind of your typical fire pit type stuff, water will extinguish it, and that's because it deprives the fire of oxygen, which is one of the things, and it also cools it. Mm so since the fuel is solid it can't flow away from the water when the water is wet it cools the fire and when you submerge the fuel you deprive it of oxygen so that's a class a fire extinguisher Hmm. is the type of fire oh
0: i I had to research those and i bought one for our building
1: so do you have one Mm -hmm. do you know how to use it nope okay we need to have a (laughs) lesson later (laughs) Uh, Burning liquids, which would be like your gasoline and cooking oil and all of that stuff. Um, Most of these are lighter than water. This is what I was saying earlier. So it doesn't actually help. Um, But if you have a fire extinguisher, you'd want a class B fire extinguisher for that kind of fire.
0: There's one that does both, I think.
1: Maybe it's like a... Maybe you can choose which... I I mean, I actually don't know anything about fire extinguishers, but... (laughs)
0: We can go look at mine. We should
1: look them up. Um, For a metal fire, you'd want a Class D fire extinguisher. And for an electrical fire, you want a Class C fire extinguisher.
0: This is a lot of good safety rules.
1: And there's different, like... If you have certain chemicals involved, water can react to them. Like, there's, like, a lot of things you have to be aware of. Or even when you're burning different things, sometimes, a like gas is released that can react with water in different ways. And that's why you also have to be careful of things. But like, whos
0: time to, like, when you have a fire, to be like, let me think. Oh, it's a metal fire. I need the D extinguisher Well,
1: that's why you, you... If it's, like, in your trash can and it's not going anywhere in that moment and you know how to use your fire extinguisher and you don't have any kids in the house that you should prioritize getting out <laughs> safely then Instead i think you're good out, okay. yeah but really mm-hmm. what you should do is beforehand you know they always say come up with do drills come up with a plan so that you can react in the moment without having to think about it so you want to talk to especially young kids about where you'll meet or how you'll get out of the house go through Stop two ways home. to exit every room in your house um, they also say, look at your house at night and see if your address is clearly visible so oh. that emergency crews can find you when you call. I was like, that they will freaked me out. just be
0: able to see the house that's on fire. <laughs> well, I
1: guess for a fire that... <laughs> well, hopefully they get there before the whole house is obviously <laughs> on fire. So you still want to block smoke if you're stuck in a room. You know, close doors, close windows, cover openings with wet fabric, etc. Get low because smoke rises and you're more likely to die from smoke inhalation or the effects mm-hmm. of that than fire itself in most cases. And before you open any door or window or anything, look to see if the fire is on the other side of it. So feel Ooh. if the door feels warm or if there's smoke underneath or anything like that. And then close them behind you also so that oh, you're, a barrier. you're blocking the yeah. fire and cutting off the flow of oxygen and stuff like that. Um, if you're going out of a window, you should crawl out backwards facing the house and lower yourself, basically... Be smart. Go backwards. Try to lower yourself as much as mm-hmm. possible so you're falling less far. Jeez. And no matter what, don't go back in. Ooh. So they say if you, even for like a dog or something or even a child, which I know is hard to hear, you want to alert the fire department and, have them and, go not, ha- and not go in yourself, um, which in some ways makes sense too because they're probably more likely to get Banjo there safely and years. help your person.
0: Banjo, I would die for you
1: yeah i don't know if i could leave without toby but
0: well what about water
1: okay so i read a little bit about water damage i
0: how I'm looking at this article and it literally just says which is worse fire water.
1: so the, this is the breakdown it gave us so obviously fire can destroy property water sprayed from a sprinkler system will slow down stop or put out a fire okay But excess water to put out a fire can damage your property. Oh, my God. So it's sort of like, what? So this article was about all the different types of water suppression systems you can get. um, And how you really want to balance. (laughs) Because if you have too aggressive of a sprinkler go off or too small of a fire, you could cause more damage than the fire in the first place. Mm -hmm. But obviously, it's sort of a weigh the pros and cons and figure out. So uh, (laughs) I don't want to go into all this (laughs) dry sprinkler systems versus (laughs) deluge sprinkler systems versus whatever. But basically it was just kind of interesting to think about how this, this wasn't really what I was trying to research. I was actually trying to figure out like flooding versus fires, which one's worse. But, um, I didn't even think about the effect of if you have a fire, the worst damage that could happen could actually be water damage if your sprinkler system yeah. is, like, overactive or whatever. Um, but.
0: Have you ever been in a fire? Uh,
1: I don't think I've. I've definitely haven't been in a big one. I'm trying to think if I've even had, like, a fire scare. I don't think I have. Besides I that one time. <laughs> besides, uh, <laughs> I
0: don't think I have either. I know I've been in, like, fire drills, and then someone's been like, oh, the toaster was caught or something like that, but.
1: The apartment i just moved out of but still technically pay rent at for like one more week um we just got a text message the other day that someone lit a firecracker oh no and put it in a trash can and our i guess the security alarm went off but i don't think like, it lit anything on fire oh actually two doors down from me in the apartment building the apartment burned but oh no. they caught it really quick um but we saw like the fire department there mm-hmm. and You know, no one could live there. I mean, you know, it, like, burned some stuff pretty bad.
0: That happened to us in Chicago, actually. And this is, like, how terrible are me and Chad. We were sleeping, and I heard this really loud sound, and I just thought it was, like, people in our alleyway, and I was like, oh, it's fine. And then it kept going, and there was, like, glass shattering, and there were, like, people yelling. And I got out of bed, and there was smoke everywhere, and there were flames in the house next to mine, and I was just like, oh, the house is on fire. And then I went back to bed. Oh, my goodness.
1: And then, of course,
0: like, like that's how, like, blasé was about it. I was like, oh, the house next door is on fire.
1: like, <laughs> What a pain. <laughs> they woke up my sleep.
0: Because, like, the fire department was already there. I was like, okay, okay, clearly they have it under control. But I was, and then Chad was like, what should we do? And I was like, well, if our smoke
1: alarm goes off, we can leave. <laughs> so, but there was smoke in your room? No, it oh, was, like, okay. right outside the okay, window. So but you, you could smell okay. it but you still had your barrier I up. think
0: I was just like in a really bad sleep fog. Cause in my, like, I remember seeing live flames and just being like, Oh, well, <laughs> looks like they got under Someone, control.
1: Someone's down there. It's okay. <laughs> I'm terrible. I'm a terrible neighbor is what that means. That's hilarious. Have you ever had a extreme water damage issue or flooding issue?
0: My apartment that I lived in in Pittsburgh was a garden unit. And sometimes it would, it wouldn't flood, but it would get like the carpets would get damp, which is so gross. It was it was a disgusting apartment, but I remember I woke up one time and there were worms on my carpet because Ew, like the water man. had come
1: up. <laughs> That's the worst part about when it rains Ooh, in general is when all the worms get off the like are in the sidewalk and yeah yeah, yeah. it was in
0: my living room it was great. Ooh, it was a rough research week, I have
1: to say. I know we actually talked about it because we don't usually talk about what research we're each gonna do, but it was. I tried like three or four things and none of them were panning out. And so I texted Marissa hoping that she had looked up so many things that she couldn't decide what to talk about (laughs) and and would give give me one one of them.
0: (laughs) And I came up empty handed. (laughs) I researched in honor of Farley. I was trying to look up women who were pregnant or gave birth and then immediately did something crazy Mm because like I liked that Farley had shades baby and she was still like fighting while pregnant and then she had the baby and she was like let's get back to work and it was like i kind of liked that
1: i also liked that she was promoted during the like i mean it yep. was just a great time for women <laughs> <Women's right.
0: laughs> in this fictional world <laughs> um so well okay, my, the title of this is called Pregnant and Badass. I <laughs> <laughs> love it. And there's so many examples. So here's just a few of them. So obviously we know Serena Williams won the Australian Open in 2017 when she was eight weeks
1: pregnant. I forget, did she announce that? She no, she announced after that she was pregnant, right? And I think then people she did, realized yeah. that she would have been pregnant then. Okay. Um so there was also
0: a Canadian curler. His name was Christy Moore, and in 2010, she took home the silver medal at the Vancouver Olympics while she was five months pregnant. So you're showing by then, right? Or
1: not? You, quite? Yeah, she had a belly. So are there any rules about it? Like okay. No.
0: Actually, so here's all the Olympians that were pregnant while they competed. So Carrie Walsh Jennings in 2012 won her third Olympic gold in beach volleyball at the London Olympics, and she
1: was five weeks pregnant. Would you feel worse if you lost? Like it's it's impressive enough that these people win these sporting goods mm-hmm. or goods. Sporting competitions. <laughs> but then on top of that, to like have your body be primarily focused on some other activity, yeah. aka creating a life. Like I think I would feel even worse about myself. If I was like, Well, she has a she's five months pregnant and I'm Oh, you lost still can Yeah. <laughs> still can't beat I her at this her. thing.
0: <laughs> yeah, I guess so. But, um, Maybe less
1: so at five weeks pregnant, but like at five months pregnant, I feel like I'd be like,
0: <laughs> why can't I keep up? <laughs> I have no excuse. It's just me. Um, okay, so there was a Malaysian shooter. Her name was um, Nur Sirani Mohammed Tabi. She was eight months pregnant.
1: Whoa. And she
0: competed in the women's 10 meter air rifle event.
1: So, because if you shoot something like that, don't you have ear protection? Mm-hmm. Do you do anything if you're pregnant? For the babies develop being ears? Probably not,
0: because, like.
1: Because you're protected enough through. Yeah.
0: And then there was a Dutch equestrian athlete. Her name is Theodora Elizabeth. Oh, boy, this is a long name. Okay, Theodora Elizabeth Gerarda Enke van Groefsven. Oh, her. <laughs> That's a great name. <laughs> uh, she was. Pregnant when she competed at the 2000 Athens Olympic game. And she won a gold medal in equestrian.
1: Wow. That's awesome. I know. I feel like such a slacker. Yeah. We uh, well I, when, when I'm <laughs> pregnant at all, I'm going to be like, I'm going to sit on the couch and I need you to feed me.
0: I'm going to be watching, an, I'm going to be doing a Netflix marathon. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm going to set some records for that.
0: <laughs> Longest amount of time spent prone, horizontal on a couch. Um... Okay, this is cool. So in 1920, so this is a long time ago, Magda Julin, a Swedish figure skater, competed while three months pregnant, and she received the gold medal. Well, And it was a long time ago.
1: Yeah. Although, interesting point, because a long, I don't know how long ago, but a long time ago, women didn't, like, change their lives as dramatically when they were pregnant, did they?
0: I know that they went into confinement.
1: Did they? Yeah. A a
0: long time ago. A long, long time ago. I don't remember when it was. Probably like eight months. Probably like as soon as you started to show dramatically, Mm -hmm.
1: they like sequestered themselves. Okay. And it probably depends on how much money and stuff you have. Because I feel like I read about the olden days in... Poor families would oh, just kind of, I mean, like... They live. give birth, like, out in the fields and yeah, stuff Yeah, and you like just that. keep yeah. working. Yeah. Maybe that's why I
0: didn't find so many examples because it was like, yeah, that's just what we did back <laughs> yeah. then. Yeah, who
1: cares if you're pregnant or not? Like, <laughs> you just live your life. <laughs> These
0: fields won't plow themselves. <laughs> um. Okay, the last one is Regan Shiver was 11 weeks pregnant when she swam the English Channel in 9 hours and 30 minutes. Wow. That's... Well, the thing that's amazing, too, is, like, especially when you're early on pregnant, you're
1: so tired.
0: Yeah. Like, everyone I talked to is just, like, this fatigue. I've never felt anything like it.
1: Swimming is just impressive to me anyways. Yeah. I can't imagine swimming that long,
0: ever. No, I can't imagine being in water for nine hours.
1: Okay, I get pruny after, like, okay. nine minutes, so that would be really rough.
0: <laughs> Do you know why you get pruny? I feel like you're going to tell me. Did we talk about
1: this? I feel like maybe we did, but I forget what it is, so...
0: I, this, like, blew my mind. So you get pruny because... When we were cave people or whatever, we would, like, do work underwater. Like, if you're gathering things or, like, you're fishing or you're getting your hands wet. Uh-huh. And so your your toes and your fingers get pruney because the ridges in them increase the... Like, um,
1: um grip or the, Your grip.
0: It improves your grip. Oh. So if you were, like, walking in a stream for a long time, your feet would get better grip
1: on the stones, or your fingers would get better grip. So I should actually be better at underwater activities instead of using it as an excuse that I prune up so fast. The longer
0: you're there, yeah. Hmm. Isn't that cool? That is kind of cool. I love that. So that's all the research I'm going to talk about. (laughs) We also researched just like, oh my god, underwater burials. I've got, I'm like all
1: over the place. (laughs) Bin Laden buried at sea within 24 hours of his killing. Ten superstitions about travel.
0: Oh, we we were trying to research um, LGBT uh, royals, right?
1: Yeah. Well, so I found this one guy. This is the one I was most exci- excited about. I don't know if that's the right way to say it. But um, Al Hakram, Hakram II, who lived in like 961 to 976. And he had like this male harem. So he was like very open about that. But then I got confused because I said something about his two sons. So I found out that he actually had, like, a wife and a bunch of female concubines as well.
0: Oh, interesting.
1: But he didn't have a kid until he was 46. Wow! So they thought that that might have been because he was more interested in men than women. Mm. So I thought that was kind of cool that he, like, openly had a... A male harem. Male harem instead of a female harem. But, um... He still did end up with two kids and whatnot, and it was still kind of like a male-dominated court, and he needed to have male heirs, so that's what I was kind of interested in, because that's something that we kind of bring up in this book, that the Silvers, in Norda at least, the idea of having a lover or a partner who's the same sex is like, okay, but you have to marry, the point of marriage is to have kids and and pass on your Silver abilities and make the bloodline stronger and all of this stuff, so... It was kind of interesting because it's in some ways it felt like an accepting group at first Mm -hmm. because you're like, oh yeah, they openly have right, they're not trying to hide it. Yeah, everyone's accepting it. But then you still see how much they're like still expected to marry, right? For for the for the same purpose, and not even for the bloodline, but like for the abilities.
0: Like they want to keep the abilities going.
1: Yeah, and they want strong abilities, so Mm -hmm. it's like pair up two strong houses, especially for the royal family. Yeah, Um, they have this whole. The whole point, it's not about love at all. It's not even about, like, power and terms of influence. It's purely, like, your yeah magic power. And then, but Montfort, he is openly gay, lives with his husband, has no need... I mean, to be fair, it's it's not a monarchy, but still, it's, like, totally all cool. And that's one way that Evangeline has been challenged to grow, because Mm -hmm. she starts to see... She is kind of impressed with what's possible, if you will.
0: And Davidson keeps... Kind of dangling that in front of her. Mm Because I think he wants her to...
1: Do we think he's a good guy or a bad guy? I don't know. I want to think he's a good guy, but... I feel like there's got to be more to him or something bad about him. Not that I think he's an evil guy, but I just still feel like we don't see all of his cards yet.
0: Oh, no. Absolutely not. Because he keeps talking about how, like, oh, Montfort's so great because the red and silvers live in peace together. And I'm elected. You know, I'm not a king. But at the same time, I just don't really know...
1: But he's still, yeah, he's still manipulating people. So it's like, to what purpose? Because it doesn't even seem like I just fully believe in this equality thing. I mean, I think he does, but it doesn't seem like it's just like, I really want to share this with the world. No. It seems like there's some kind of agenda.
0: Well, maybe it's because their piece was so hard, hard earned that he wants to maintain it at any cost. And so I think maybe that's what led him to do the thing where he kidnaps the Piedmont children to like keep people mm-hmm. under his thumb. So he is manipulative. But I'm wondering if it's just to preserve his country or if he wants Montfort to take over more lands.
1: Well, because Montfort, did, they're still so far away. We were looking at the map earlier, <laughs> the map. obviously. they um, all the way in the world. Like, they didn't yeah. have to get involved in this. They could have gotten involved at a later point if they thought this was normal or they could have. Like, Why do they feel... I feel like they have to want something else out of the group. Whether it's just we want more countries like this so we're not threatened by other silver countries, or whether it's something to do with their um, what do they call them the people who the inv- raiders the raiders
0: yeah because he makes the Scarlet Guard fight them to prove their
1: loyalty does he want the Scarlet Guard to give them something that's what I just I feel like he wants something but I'm not sure or maybe he's just trying to run for reelection and thinks, <laughs> like I like it could be something as simple quote unquote yeah. as that, but I don't know.
0: it was interesting when he was speaking in front of his people, and um Cal was there, and everyone was kind of mad because they basically had a lot of people in the com- in the in the company in the country who gave up their crowns, and then there was Cal like with this crown on his head, and they were just like, "Why should we fight for you because you're clearly just trying to claim a throne?
1: Well, I'm curious to see because I think Cal has also seen. What else is possible? I think he's. I think he is truly believing in this change. I wonder if he'll come around to giving up his crown freely and having some kind of democracy or if it's going to have to be forcing his hand.
0: I don't know. Because that's the whole thing with Evangeline. She's like, I just need Cal to love Mayor more. Yep. Because if he loved Mayor the way I love Elaine, he wouldn't have picked the crown over her. And I kind of
1: believe it. I know. And it's also interesting because... We think of them as, like, the love story in this book, right, Cal mm-hmm. and Mare? But it's, like, they they really don't love each other. I mean, like, they do love each other, but they also but both enough. love all this other stuff more. Even on Mare's side, I mean, yeah, if she, like, I think she has a good cause that she believes in that I support and agree with. But it's sort of, like, both of them are putting other things above their relationship, so.
0: Yeah, and I think we're just, like, more hard on Cal because we've been t- trained to be on Mare's side from day one. So it seems like her cause is worth fighting for more than cows, because he's really just hanging onto a crown.
1: Well, and because we agree with the cause of equality. Right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I do like that he admits that he was wrong mm-hmm. to think that um, maintaining the social
1: order was better than tipping the country into chaos.
0: Um, I thought that was a big moment for him.
1: I thought so, too. And it made me kind of hopeful that maybe he can come all the way around at some point. I think yeah. the right opportunity would have to present itself, but I think... If given a choice at the right time, he could choose correctly again. I also thought, okay, so can we talk about some of the things that have happened? Yes. Okay, so Iris went to her family after her dad died. Mm-hmm. And they have like 10 minutes in private her, her mom and her sister, where they kind of got to say, we're going to take over Norda eventually. Mm-hmm. So that's our plan. Let's go for it. Yeah. Um, Okay, so that's what's going on with them. So Maven and Iris don't trust each other, etc. They went and Iris saved Bracken's kids. and Michael. Yep. So he saved the Piedmont King, or Head Prince, or whatever they call him. Bracken. The 8 and 10 year old from Montfort, Mm -hmm. which allowed him to no longer be loyal to the Scarlet Guard. And they took over whatever that fort was called. I forget what it was called.
0: Right. (laughs) <laughs> they took over. Yeah, um,
1: Harp, not Harbor Bay. I'm looking yeah. at the map, thinking that's gonna tell me Harbor oh, Bay is where we're going. Piedmont to Piedmont attack. attacks the Rift. Is that what you're talking about? No, Piedmont didn't attack the Rift. Piedmont attacked the Red Camp that used to be in oh, Piedmont.
0: Oh, that makes sense because the Rift is where. No, I thought he attacked the Rift where Um Samos lived.
1: Nope, oh. not yet. Okay. Or did he? No, I don't think so. I think. Because he's
0: going to be... So Piedmont is now fighting with Maven and Lakeland against Montfort. And Montfort is aligned with yep. Samos and the St- yep. Scarlet Guard.
1: Yep. Okay. But because Piedmont used to be aligned with Montfort, but because they were kidnapped their kids and was Being forcing them to... Yeah. Not because they actually aligned with them. So as soon as the kids got out, they turned on that like base, which is where Cameron was. Right. Um, so she's... Survive that, and that's where Mare and Cal were able to talk through those creepy triplets.
0: Oh my gosh, right. that was
1: one of the weirdest scenes, and I wasn't and sure how I felt spy about on it. Him? Yeah, um,
0: Ibara. I cannot stand the names in this book. I, can, I cannot stand it. one of those <laughs> named Rash. <laughs> that was one of the triplets' names. Rash. Are you kidding me?
1: Well, <laughs> <And> it's that- <laughs> hard to keep coming up with names, I think.
0: I mean, it was cool to see they like. Like, Mare was speaking to him, and then he was speaking to Maven, and they were communicating back and forth. That yeah, was that was a, a really interesting cool, scene, I thought. New blood
1: gift. Although, I, I am surprised. Well, we don't actually know, although I guess it's implied. Did they actually get away? Did Maven let them go? I think so. Okay. He agreed to it, but we didn't actually, like, see. Okay, now they're all free. Well, But Cameron's with them now, Yeah, so. and,
0: and I think there was, like... A moment where they were like, oh, all the prisoners got away. Because that's when Farley tells him that she wired his base with explosives. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm curious, though, if... Um, I think... Isn't Iris trying to get Piedmont to work for her against Maven eventually?
1: I think what she's hoping is... I think a lot of people are hoping that Maven and Cal destroy each other Mm-hmm. And then they can all go in and take N- Norda's land, Lakeland included. So
0: you think people want Cal and Maven to both die? Or lose power, yeah.
1: Okay.
0: Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think even Evangeline does. Because right now her end goal is like, do not let Cal become king.
1: Yeah. Her. I, oh. But it's also interesting because her end goal doesn't even really make sense. Yes, if Cal's king, she'll be away from Elaine. But if she still lives at her dad's castle and has to report to him, he's just going to trade her to someone else. That's true. So she needs a better end goal. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. But I think she's starting to realize that too, so I'm kind of curious to see how her what shifts for her. I
0: also think it's just a little weird that Elaine is basically sleeping with two siblings. Yeah. And and like they make her such a like a dud. She's basically just like lounging on chairs all day like she can't fight. in sunlight with yeah. like some cat and she's just like, Oh yes, haha. Which room shall I sleep in tonight?
1: I also <laughs> I'm kind of curious to see because she loves her brother. Um, Evangeline loves her brother, loves Elaine. Elaine and the brother need to produce an heir, but they—I ha- feel like they still haven't really talked about it. Like I get the like that it made sense logistically on the one hand to keep everyone together.
0: Why would you want to talk about it though? <laughs>
1: well, yeah, but
0: it's. I feel like she
1: needs to just ask her brother to not. <laughs>
0: But they need an heir, like, as silvers. It's like their yeah. whole, it's been ingrained in them.
1: I know. And I'm so mad at her dad. She like, the worst dad. I know. Her dad Her dad is evil. Yeah. Because he He's knew what so was going to happen before
0: she did. Yeah. And he, like, planted it. Oh. oh. So now they're um, striking Harbor Bay, right? Because we get Cameron back a little part bit. Part of cause... them
1: are striking Harbor Bay, and part yeah. of them are striking the slum town, whatever that was called. Oh, yes. Gray town or something. Right, red... Tech Town. Tech Town. Tech Town. Yeah. Because
0: that's where Cameron and her brother used to work. But they – oh, that was scary when they were talking about how they have numbers and if you run, the person with the number below you is killed to, like, prevent them from running away. That was awful. It
1: was. But it was also kind of interesting because they seemed so organized when they got there and the silvers seemed less threatening than the rest of them. So it really was just, like, a culture of fear more than it was actually – Compared to some of the silvers mm-hmm. and stuff we've seen, it didn't seem like they were being, like, watched like hawks right. or anything. So, but I guess with the, num- I mean, if we've got it that organized of a system, it's easy to see if one thing's out of place.
0: And Kilorn almost dies.
1: Yeah, and he- what do you think about him and Cameron?
0: I can see it. I think she's a little young. Isn't she, like, 15?
1: I also wanted to see more build up there. I yeah, feel like all of a sudden it's like, oh, they it. have the eyes, they have eyes for each other. And it's mm-hmm. like, well, when did that happen? <laughs> But um, but I like the idea of him having a new love interest and stuff, but
0: I, yeah. I just felt
1: a little bit like, okay, but why?
0: <laughs> yeah, and I mean, it wasn't even like they were thrown together, really. No. It was just... It
1: and they hadn't even seen nowhere. each other in months. Right. <laughs> he left He left her behind when he went with Mare's family, and they didn't have like a goodbye scene that we saw or anything. No. And then he's been gone for a while, and now they like each other. <laughs>
0: Don't know why Keylor is in this because it's not like he is he, he even from the second book he has no longer been a love interest for Mare. like yeah. there hasn't even been a love triangle it's really just like I'm your childhood friend and I'm along for the ride.
1: I was hoping once he'd stop being a love interest, he'd be a better friend. Not that he's been a bad friend, but I just feel like he's kind of like a he He's um, kind of a he's dud. He's kind of a <laughs> yeah. And it's like we know that their friendship matters, but we don't actually see it matter. They like banter every now and again, but it's not even great banter. Every
0: like 600 pages.
1: <laughs> yeah, I agree. I was kind of hoping he would prove – I was hoping he'd be more like a Farley and prove that you don't have to have any powers to be – Mm -hmm. Because you know how I think um, Cal kind of treats Mera this certain way where he still kind of acts like silver is better than red. And I think sometimes Mera has this problem where she treats like new bloods are better than regular reds. And since Killorn is a regular red, I kind of wanted to see their friendship help her adjust that or Mm -hmm. like start to respect him for what he is or him to prove himself somehow. But I agree. I think he's just kind of like in the background a lot.
0: Or for her to at least recognize her prejudice. Yeah. Because I think I agree with you. That's like a good point to make is she Um, she's prioritizing the new bloods above all the other reds. Yeah. And this actually this time when she invades tech town was one of the only times when she actually did something to help the reds. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know they were going to go to the choke, but that never happened. Yeah.
1: <laughs> a lot of good intentions, not a lot of action. <laughs> <They're> there. trapped <laughs> in a plane cage instead.
0: Um, But I really thought Keelan was going to die in this scene. I did, too. And, he did, and it wasn't yeah. even spectacular. He, he gets knocked over a railing.
1: Which I like better in some ways. It shouldn't yeah. be a spectacular death for everyone. That's true. But the reason I didn't think so was because they had just planted Cameron and him as love interest, and I was like, well, they're not going to start that in one scene just to have him die. <laughs> yeah, so. that's true.
0: Oh, and then the other thing we have is, um, is it Julian who's trying to look for a cure? He's trying to look for a new blood whisper
1: who can somehow... I think it's Davidson.
0: Oh, is Davidson who can help Ma- Maven?
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's what Cal was whispering to him when he was leaving. Oh. Do you know any new Bloods who have this ability? And he said, no, but I'll keep looking.
0: But Do we also, that heard.
1: reminds me, Julian and Annabelle oh, yeah. talked to Iris before Maven forced her hand. Um, they both want to get a message to the mom and get her to like help them out somehow. But I'm curious, did Julian... Was that with Cal's blessing? Who all know? I'm, That's a I'm good still question. curious who's betraying who all the time.
0: Because Julian wants Iris to negotiate with them, and in return, he'll give them Volo and Stalin. Basically,
1: give her her revenge. Yeah, the people who killed her father. Mm-hmm.
0: But why do they want her to negotiate? Oh, they wanted her to give up Maven. I'm sure.
1: Yeah, something to do with turning on Maven, but we're not sure exactly what. But we. I think we already knew that she was open to that because of her secret communication with Mayor. Right. That was in front of everybody. <laughs> <laughs> not so secret. <laughs> not so secret, secret communication.
0: There's a lot of twists and turns in this. And so much of it feels almost like um, reading a a book on like political strategy kind mm-hmm. of, which I did not expect. And it's a 700 page book almost. And most of it is like, how alliances work and how countries negotiate with each other, which
1: and how if you turn your head to one direction, everything that you set up on the other side is going to fall yeah. apart. It's
0: it's it's a little bit hard to keep straight, but I feel like I'm getting it now.
1: Talking to you has <laughs> helped. And even the like figuring out who knows what that about other people, because it now seems like a lot of people know that Maven is kind of losing his mind and is obsessed with Mayor. Like mm-hmm. I think that's much more commonly yes. known. But we also still see Maven really knows his brother really well because even when he came up with the Harbor Bay plan, he had to like convince the whole uh, alliance side that this was a good plan. But Maven basically predicted it because he's like, that's what my brother would do.
0: Which is like, Calum just needs to be better. He's so predictable. (laughs) Like he falls right into his brother's hands all the time. Yeah. He is just one big disappointment after another to me. I hope he doesn't end up with Mary
1: Because he hasn't grown and changed. He hasn't really learned from his mistakes.
0: I mean, he says he does, but...
1: But he keeps just, trusting the same people. Yeah. He keeps making the same kind of choices. We haven't really seen growth in him. He's still... The good qualities about him, his honor and his... Like, I think he he's a good guy in a lot of ways, but he hasn't grown. He hasn't become a better guy.
0: Yeah. And I wonder if part of it's because he's still holding out hope that his brother can be saved.
1: Yeah, and part of me likes that about him. Like, I like that he loves his brother, but I also, there's, I still feel like he needs to be more creative in how he deals with that, though. Mm -hmm. Like, maybe you think your brother can be saved so you shouldn't kill him, but that doesn't mean you still need to realize that he's a bad leader right now and knows you really well and...
0: And is trying to kill you. And is trying to kill you, (laughs) yeah. Even though it might not be his fault. I just wonder if they'll be able to do something with a whisper and fix him. I personally don't but it'd be interesting to see them try.
1: Yeah. And if he would even
0: agree with it, agree to it.
1: I don't think, I don't think they can. I don't think it would be good for the story if they could.
0: But what if they use Mare as bait to be like, because I feel like he would do a lot for her because he, he's, he not only, he's infatuated with her in, in an unhealthy way.
1: Yes, he is. Which is also interesting because you see him making the same mistakes about Mare all the time. I don't know. I feel like Maven can't be saved by magic that's how i feel i think if he's going to redeem himself he's gonna need to find a way to get through his own brain i don't think magic can fix it
0: this book makes it hard to predict things it does because i really don't know what's going on half the time
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah and as soon as you're like okay so this is the direction we're going then it's like and now iris is in a silent stone cage or you're like wait what
0: (laughs) Um, Let's look at the rest of this book. Let me get to chapter 19. Okay, so we have, gosh, we have about 340 pages left. 340 pages left in this book. We haven't thought of a fan name. Oh, yeah. I thought of just being New Bloods and calling it a day.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I feel like, what do we call the equality people? Because they're ardent in Montfort. The equality I mean, like, so, I'm not for red, silvers, and new bloods are all equal. And there's a name for them? No, I, oh. but there should be. That's who we want to be, right? The colorless, <laughs> the peerless guard, <scarred. laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> <laughs> the colorblind.
0: I don't know. Or
1: um... I'm curious if Julian finds out more about what I don't know. I feel like it needs to be something about this lack of prejudice though i don't know
0: i'm not can we, instead of whispers or singers can we just be readers because that's our secret power that's our secret power i like it
1: okay well we still have like more than a book and a half left to read even though it's technically one book but it's 340 pages so that's like give us a book time and a half think about <laughs> yeah everything could change we might pick new bloods and find out there are no new bloods it's actually silver blood that was put in the system wrong and colored and. I don't know. <laughs> they have a weird diet. They eat too many carrots.
0: Maybe there'll <laughs> be a whole new
1: color that we find. Yeah, let's be the purple blue. The, <laughs> the
0: blue barracudas.
1: <laughs> uh, that's not confusing at all. <laughs> oh, okay.
0: All right, so what else do we have to do?
1: Pick a favorite scene from this book. Oh, shoot. Which we can do next week.
0: Oh, from the book, not from this half. Yeah. I don't know if I have a favorite scene from this half.
1: I'm still, like, overwhelmed by this half. I kind of liked
0: when um, Evangeline and Mare fought again. It made me a little irritated because I was like, why are you just beating each other up?
1: But I also felt like that was a good outlet for both of them because they both get, like, a thrill from using their powers and stuff. Even though they have a sort of trusting relationship right now, there's still a lot of animosity between the two. They don't like each other. Right. They don't hate each other, but they don't like each other. And
0: I think Evangeline wanted Cal to see Mare get a little bit beat up a little bit for him to be like, oh, actually I do care about you. Yeah.
1: And they both have pride. So neither one of yeah. them wants to lose to the other one. That's true. Okay. What else? Any other perspectives we want to see in the next half? Or do you think it's going to be the mm. same three? I only see Davidson's perspective. Yeah, but we only see girl perspectives. I'm curious to see. Oh,
0: is that true? Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, you're right. Mm-hmm. Only. Okay. Which that was an interesting choice, but maybe Victoria Aviard feels more comfortable writing from a female perspective as a female which would be an interesting thing for her as an author in maybe a future series. She's like my age. She's, no younger. Way. She's younger than me. Whoa. She's like five months younger than me. What have we done with our lives? Not a whole lot. While pregnant. For free. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, once I'm eight months pregnant, then I'll win the Olympics. Yeah.
0: That's when will start <laughs> practicing. Um, well, my, so I was at the beach this week, as I said, and uh, my brother-in-law Actually, a newly brother in law because they got married on the beach mm-hmm. this past weekend. And he gave me a joke to tell you today.
1: Oh, I'm so excited. Wait, what's his first name? Pete. Okay. This is Pete's from Pete. joke. Okay.
0: <laughs> Thank you, Pete. Um, okay. Did you hear about the calendar thief they just arrested? No. He got 12 months.
1: It's <laughs> good. So I have kind of a dad joke about the name Pete. <laughs> okay, can I tell it to you? Please. You've do. You've probably heard it. It's really silly, but I remember my dad used to do this when I was younger. Pete and Repeat are out on a boat. Pete fell in. Who was left?
0: <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not going to. that. <laughs> I'm going to say Repeat. You say that in dumb joke. And jokes. I would like
1: get so <laughs> mad as a kid, and I'd be like, Dad. And he would do it for a long time. Really That's
0: funny about. because my brother-in-law and sister-in-law just had a baby, and I call him Pete and Repeat. <laughs>
1: I think it's cute. That's funny. That's so funny that that instantly came back, though. I was like, Pete, dad joke? I've got it.
0: (laughs) Oh, boy. Okay, so we are going to finish this monster of a book for next week. Wish us luck. Wish us luck. (laughs) We'll need it. And come up with a fan name and tell you our favorite scene and so much more. (laughs) And try
1: to remember what else we have to do. All right. Um, You can email us at mnktalkya at gmail.com. Or we are on both Instagram and Facebook at M&K Talk YA. All right. Bye, bookworms. Go
0: get a library card. M&K Talk YA is produced and edited by Marissa Snyder and Katie Bradford.